everybody, I'm Stephen McKay. I'm Dalton Claghorn. And welcome to a new endeavor uh, from VOHM that we are calling The Bookshelf. Um, so often we are in office, we're you know, digging through uh, incredible commentaries and studies, word studies, book studies, uh, in the Word of God, even the Word of God itself. And we just want to talk about it. So Yeah, so we've had pretty good traction with the podcast. And, um, you know, it's just tough to kind of maintain regiment uh, when you have two people doing the podcast and both people travel a lot yeah, full-time. It's kind of tough. Well, now we have the addition of a five-foot-four-inch stud of a man named Blaine Brown, and he is a camera whiz. <laughs> and so we now have <laughs> opened up to this new endeavor of taking the podcast and making what was originally supposed to be a talk show. Yeah. And um, we sat down and brainstormed, and we all kind of agreed that the bookshelf is the name of what this is going to be in its own segment, and we're kind of going to go the direction of taking all of this material that Stephen and I are constantly ingesting, yep. and then taking this material and using it to hopefully just exposit God's Word, grow yep. our understanding, still deal with apologetics, but... Um, and really help the body of Christ at large. Absolutely. You know? Because what we are discovering um, is within our modern framework of uh, just Christianity, uh, we are, you know, an iPhone smartphone generation where nobody is is really digesting uh, deep information. We are just scrolling and watching videos, and which is actually you know a, another great form of uh, extracting information. But uh, it, we just not a whole lot of people are reading right. uh, anymore. So we just want to bring this to the the body yeah. and bring you know great thought. Yeah. And as as you can just see from our little decorative book list here where you've got systematic theology by norm geisler and then you know a book above it or two books above it you've got uh john calvin's commentary so um that kind of shows you where we're at yeah. um th this constant uh ingestion of information really norm geisler and john calvin would disagree with each other strongly on, sure. on points of theology so this is completely um, not catered to any one specific view in terms of, well, are we going to spend three weeks talking about this particular point right, of doctrine? Right. It's uh, not that at all. It's not that. This is a ingesting of information and then regurgitation of it for it to be as a resource for the body. Yeah, absolutely. So we're, yeah. we're really excited about uh, this first one. As we you know, set the stage, so often you, know, you, you begin to think about uh, what is it that we should begin with, but we, we really um, center and base everything here on the Word of God. And uh, so as we begin this bookshelf series, uh, we're praying that this is a blessing to you and this continues for uh, a long time uh, and that you can use it to supplement. But as we begin, we're going to talk about the Gospel of John. Um, and, you know, when you look at the person of Christ, there's many different viewpoints and, view and angles that uh, we see Christ. Obviously, we have four Gospels, and three of those Gospels are synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Um, but the, th the fourth one, the Gospel of John, is separate from uh, the three as he sheds a different light. And, you know, I was reading, uh, actually studying a few years ago in the book of Ezekiel. And, uh, you know, we, if you read Ezekiel chapter 1, I'm not going to read it, but if you read Ezekiel chapter 1, uh, I think it's in verses number 27 uh, or 20, 26, we have a... Um, uh, depiction, uh, Ezekiel, you know, was, was down by the river and he saw a vision. And uh, this is really incredible. He saw a, a creature and it had four faces. And the four faces of that creature, the first was that of a lion. And the second face was that of a, uh, an ox. The third face was that of a man. And the fourth face was that 
of an eagle. And um, as I was studying through a commentary on the Gospel of Luke, A.B. Simpson said that uh, those four faces are in direct connection to the four Gospels. What Ezekiel saw was a picture of, you know, of basically the... the um, the viewpoint of Christ's ministry from four different angles. The first one was uh, the face of the lion. And the face of the lion is a representation of the Gospel of Matthew. The Gospel of Matthew uh, you know, pro- proves that Christ is um, of the lineage and tribe of Judah. And you know, he kind of pushes it. And then you go into the Gospel of um, Mark. Mark is the face of the ox. And it presents Christ as that suffering servant that one that bears the load. And then you go into the Gospel of Luke, and Luke is the face of man because Luke was written um, to the Gentile world, that Christ is the Savior of all, all men. And finally, we get to the Gospel of John. And the Gospel of John um, is the face of the eagle. And that eagle is um, representation of the Spirit of God, but also John comes to prove the divinity of Christ. But we're going to just begin... And, you know, this is, this is exciting, because the Word of God is exciting, you know? Yeah. So to start, the thing that makes John different from the other three Gospels is that um, John is just highly theological, which we'll kind of get to in a second, but that's kind of on accident. But also, um, John has an epilogue, and uh, John also has a prologue. But the thing that kind of makes John the most different is that if you take the Gospel of John in the Greek and examine it amongst the other three Gospels, it, it's quite literally as if um, a middle schooler uh, wrote his exegetical thoughts about the person of Christ, mm. and then someone with three PhDs from Dallas Theological Seminary sat down and wrote his exegetical thoughts of the person of Christ. Mm. It's very clear that the language that's used in the Greek for the book of John is so simple compared to the other three Gospels. John is just so simple. And what's interesting about the book of John is that John was the closest to Jesus. It was, he was the one whom Jesus loved. And, you know, that Jesus actually, uh, or I'm sorry, Mary actually lived with John after Jesus yeah, died. That's Most right. people don't realize mm-hmm. that. So John's relationship with Jesus was uh, kind of over everyone else's in terms of the way he knew him. And so what we find is even though that John wrote in the simplest form, because he had the greatest relationship with Christ, the amount of theology that's produced and the simplicity of John just recalling who he was, that's why it produces such a profound work of theology, because John literally just knew Jesus. He and knew him. Yeah. When he took the time to write down who Jesus was, it produces this great lofty theology because it's simple truth. I mean, you know, the Word of God even says that uh, John was the one that Jesus loved. Yeah. And John was the one that lent on Jesus' bosom. And so you, you kind of have, have an idea that... You know, the closer you are to him, the greater you're going to be able to depict him and describe him. Yeah. You know, those, uh, the others, and I'm not saying that, you know, the disciples were not close to him, but John was the closest. Yeah. And uh, in his ability of bringing out such beautiful language in the Gospel of John um, to describe Christ, you know. It's, just the it's way that he just, saw it in simplicity. It's, it's incredible, man. So we go through the prologue. Yeah, and, and so what we get in the prologue... Um, the prologue really is chapter 1, and actually in the prologue you get, other than maybe the book of Romans, um, the prologue kind of sits on its own as the single most theologically compact chapter in the entire Bible. Because wow. Romans, right, is, is Paul kind of giving a doctrinal exposition of what it means to be a Christian, where John is just one chapter of John himself writing about God. 
Like this is Jesus. Hmm. And so it's, it's very unique. But um, verses 1 through 18 are the prologue. But uh, what we have is three expressions of Jesus. Hmm. Um, verses uh, 1 through 5, I'll just go ahead and read those. Yeah, read them. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and life was the light of of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light but came to bear witness about the light. That was verses 1 through 8. So what we have first in verses 1 through 5 is we have Jesus in his essence as the word. Okay, and then what do we have is the second part there, Stephen. The second part is verses, um, verses 6 through 13. Why don't you read that? Can we read that? Yeah. Okay, it says, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, John, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He, he was in the wor world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, think about this, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even, them that, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God." Go ahead. Okay, so what we, what we see from there is the first part of that, verses 1 through 5, and the prologue is we have Jesus as the essence of the Word. What we have in the second part is Jesus as the expression to the world. And then the third part, we have verses 14 through 18, which, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Mm. And we have seen His glory. Glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about Him and cried out, this was he of whom I said, he who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. Mm. From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. Mm. So that passage right there is what we have, the exposition of the word. So from the first chapter of John, we have Jesus in three unique perspectives that we actually don't really see him right. throughout the entire rest of the Bible. What are those perspectives? Uh, so we have the essence as the word. We have the expression of the world, uh, expression to the wor world, and then we have the exposition of the word. Is that right? Essence of the word, expression to the world, mm, exposition as the word. As the word. And now we actually, for those of you that really are kind of digging in deep here, there's, there's actually three subcategories to Jesus' exposition of the word. And this is Jesus exposited in the word in incarnation, Jesus exposited in the word Listen. in revelation, and Jesus exposited in the word in explanation. So, so and I, I want to just stop here and, and kind of give us an idea. You know, so often um, in our current framework of Christianity, uh, we are always, our generation, Dalton, is... is uh, just going off these catchphrases, you know, basically we base our whole, whole Christian experience as we go through life on just, just snippets. Tweetable Jesus. Yes, it's a tweetable Jesus. But if you're really, <laughs> really going to get a hold of um, Christ and who He is, this is the only way we, you can do it. Get in the Word. Get deep. Ex just ex extract out of the Word what is, is before us. And that's what I hope 
uh, uh, this whole series is going to be able to do yes. for us because it's, it's incredible. You know, you look at the exposition of the Word in uh, verses 14 to verses 18 of chapter 1. First, he's in, as, as Dalton said, in incarnation, we see his exposition, in revelation and in explanation. It's just incredible to look at yeah. this in just a few verses and see. And so know, basically what John kind of prepares for us is we don't get tweetable Jesus, we get transformative Jesus. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, it's, it will transform your life. Has I mean, to. Uh, and that's, Has to. That really is the demand of true and, Christianity. And so to break this down, maybe in a bit more digestible sense, Jesus in his essence is the word. What was the purpose? Well, we'll kind of get more into that later. But after John establishes Jesus and his essence is the word, basically John was saying this is Jesus related to God, this is Jesus related to creation, and this is Jesus related Literally to Christianity. So Jesus, yeah. as the essence of the word, gets its own category. Right. Those are the three things that he talks about, related to God, related to creation, related to humanity. Second category, expression to the world. How was Jesus expressed to all humans the, the, globally? He was expressed as the witness, and he was expressed as the work. The right. witness and the work. The work. The third category, and maybe even the most important one of them all, is Jesus' expression of, or exposition of the Word. Mm -hmm. Jesus himself exposited as the Word an incarnation, and revelation, and an explanation. So what you have, and His essence is the Word, is you have three ways Jesus had never been seen or understood before. And His expression to the world, you have two ways Jesus had never been seen or understood Mm -hmm. before. Mm -hmm. And in the third category, you have three ways Jesus had never been seen or understood before. And so this... Coming from the most simply written book of the Bible, just in the prologue. My word. You man. could preach a million sermons. Oh, you could. You could just start with the essence as the word and go for go from there. And so when you look, um, as we continue, as you look at the essence of Jesus as the word, um, you look at him in relation to God, in relation to creation, and in relation to humanity. You know, how does Jesus relate uh, I don't know if you've ever thought about this but before, but how does he relate to us? Okay, how, do you, how does he relate to, to uh, like, his being here on the earth? How does he relate to God? And then his relation to, uh, to creation and his relation to humanity. In the beginning was the Word, speaks of God's eternality and pre-existence. I knew Stephen would want to do this part, so I underlined it for him. <laughs> <laughs> he is God outside of time. Uh, You know, this is something that is just so incredible to think about, that God in his pre-existence, before the foundations of the world were ever laid, that God, Christ was in God before everything, before anything ever began. It's it's an incredible thing to think about because Dalton, it also uh, goes to show us, you know, that all things are in his control. All things are in his hands. If he was before all things, and all things are by him, and all things exist because of him, uh, you know, it's just incredible to think about that God, uh, he's eternal, you know, he's, he's before all. Um, he's, he's outside of time. And so we are not going to have time to move through all this. <laughs> so <laughs> we were trying to isolate this, but... Go ahead. Don't. So I think what we can do is we can actually, we can split this up into Jesus and his essence is the word. And we, I think, can do a whole nother one of these in <laughs> Jesus in Trinitarian form. Yes, we can. Because we, we had this, yeah, we're not going to make it. We're so not going to make it. That means we all. can dig in here. Yeah. Okay. Let's so, just dig in because it ain't going to happen. Jesus, the essence of Jesus as the word. Chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. The first one, again, there's three categories. Jesus of, as the essence of the word in relation to God 
Jesus is the essence of the word in relation to creation, and Jesus is the essence of the word in relation to humanity. So we'll read these five verses, and we'll pull out each one of those. Okay. So Stephen, read those verses. In the beginning was the word. So this speaks of God's eternality. Okay. As God. As God. The word as God in the beginning. And the word was with God. Which we will dig more into we in will. the section about the Trinity. But this is Jesus beside God. That's right. Not the same as God, but yet the same as God, but also not the same as God, but yet the same as God, but not, but yet, but yeah, you get it. You, and you will get it. You'll get it. Okay. So Jesus was, uh, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. All right. And we'll get into the, the, the doctrine of the Trinity afterwards. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. Pause. Pause. First verse, in the beginning what? Was the Word. And the Word was what? With God. And the Word what? Was God. And He was in the beginning. With God. This is Jesus as the Word in relation to God. First category, first point. Read verse 3. Verses 3, it says, All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. So this is Jesus as the word. In relation to creation. Yes. Okay. So when you look at the created form of the earth, everything was, was the work of his hands. And, and just to pause just for a second, because this has come to me. When you when you think about, you know, the context of scripture in relation to Jesus, um, prior to Christ coming, and we've used this so many times in, in messages, and it's just so, so great. But prior to, to Christ actually coming, in human flesh, uh, the the truth was was kind of unknowable. You know, it was it was just this this kind of uh, obviously it was in written form. It was uh, here in text, but it wasn't you know demonstrated before us in living form. And so when when you think about Jesus up until this point, up until the Gospels, when Christ came, you know, it was just kind of an idea of truth. And we tried to put on truth. We tried to put on, you know, all this stuff, but it's just incredible. I, I don't know. I just think about how, how he came. But anyways, okay, so all that things is, were made by him. And so that is Jesus as the word in relation to humanity. Oh, in, to creation. To creation. Yes. Now, verse four, Stephen. Yes. It says, in him was life. And the light was the light, the life, sorry, was the light of men. And so that is Jesus mm. in relation to humanity. humanity. Now here is maybe the most essential thing to understand about humanity's relationship in relationship to God. So John takes this first five verses to establish this is the word in relationship to God. This is the word in relationship to creation. As he writes about humanity, humanity gets one verse. In him was life and the life was the light, light of men. Of then verse 5, immediately in the same breath that John is talking about humanity, you read the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Meaning that dwelling also presently within humanity at all times alongside the Think light about it. is darkness. <laughs> Think about it. There was no darkness until we introduced humanity. Wow. That's heavy. But the, the beautiful part of this is that it, it doesn't matter how dark it gets. Yeah. Doesn't matter how bleak the night, it does not overcome the light. Exactly. You know, Christ is the light of the earth. And you think about and this takes me to the idea of the Holy Spirit being taken or removed from the earth. Think about how dark it's going to be. 
when, uh, and that's a totally different we can't subject, even. but we're not going to get in there, but just he is the yeah. light of the earth. So God and Jesus beside each other before the beginning of time in their preexistence understood that Jesus was going to be the sacrificial lamb that humanity was going to be the problem, humanity was going to be the loved children, humanity was going to be the people that Jesus died for, but before any of that happened, they also understood that within humanity, inevitably, was going to come the darkness. And so before we even get into anything that has to do with the death or crucifixion or resurrection of Jesus, it's already this understood premise that in his omniscience and preexistence, he already knew that ultimately one day he was going to give his life for us. That's right. From the very beginning. Because alongside the light, because of humanity, was also darkness. I hope that you guys are enjoying this. Uh, I know we've come to a 20-minute mark. Um, uh, Hopefully you uh, come back and watch the second part. In two weeks. Yep. Come back and watch the second part because we're going to just keep diving in to the Gospel of John. And um, uh, this is really what it takes to be a Christian. It's not enough for us to just have surface-level religion it's going, to have, it's going to take us sinking our teeth into deep meat and understanding what these concepts are. Essence, Jesus, in the essence of the Word, expression to the world, and exposition of the Word. Join us. We hope you enjoyed your time. Next time. In the bookshelf. I was going to say book club, but book club ain't right. <laughs> bookshelf. Thank you for we'll joining us. We'll see everybody at the bookshelf, bookshelf in two weeks. Right. We love you. God bless you.